0: pocket version. It's not as intricate on the back as to us. It's not promoting uh, the map and all this, but this was taken over in Heidelberg, this picture was. We cropped out. It was a real estate sale, and if you look at the ripples in the water, they break right about here. There was a house here, (laughs) and it's been taken out, but this is Heidelberg right here, and it's our John and Romans. I thought it'd be good for the hunters and the fishermen and all that, just throw one in their tackle box or in their vest pocket, something they can read on the deer stand or whatever if they do stand for deer here. I think they sit for deer mostly in their trucks, but uh, you know, it's something to give out. I want you all to have one, and the message today is completely out of here, except for one verse, and it was it's first John one, eight, and nine. That verse was written by the same God, used the same man to write. The beloved uh, John uh, used him to write the book of John, and he used him to write the three epistles of John, what we call First John, Second John, Third John. So we'll be breaking out of this book for only one verse; otherwise, it's all going to be here in the book of John, the message. And I've coordinated it with the page numbers so you can keep it and mark it. It's already a marked edition and gives you the plan of salvation. And it starts out on page 42. It's a companion to the larger John and Romans we have. That also starts out on the page 42. And it takes you through the plan of salvation using the book of John and the book of Romans. And gives you uh, the sense of eternal security and educates you on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I myself, when I was a young Christian got saved reading John 3.16 and John 3.17 and John 3.18, and I got led to the Lord's, or I came to terms with my maker shortly after reading John chapter 3 and John chapter 4. And uh, so I'm a little partial to the book of John myself, and you know the spill. If you want to know more about Jesus Christ, you want to read the book of John over 40 times you'll find the words I am 42 times exactly 42 times you see the find the words I am in the book of John all but three of those times is Jesus Christ telling you who he is he's the door he's the vine he's the good shepherd he's a number of things he's the bread of life he's the branch and you're the, or he's the vine and you're the branch. He's, he, just everything is in there. You want to know more about Jesus Christ. Now, if you want to know more about where you're at as a human being, mankind, you read the book of Romans. M-A-N, the middle word in Romans, is man. And it starts out with the depravity of man and moves on to the blessedness of the redemptive man, Mankind use that term, mankind, because it'll work, whether you're a male or a female, something some people question nowadays. Uh, as a child of God, live every day for the glory of God. Tonight we'll look more at the glory of God. We'll be in John chapter 17, if you want to read that chapter, that's where we'll be this evening. But we're going to start out with what God did for you. And you turn in your little scripture here to John 3:16 your little portion of Scripture, to John 3.16, which is on page 4. And its I know it's small print, but it's something you can take with you everywhere. Put it on the dash of the boat, the dash of your car, the dash of your truck. Put it in your glove box, your purse. Take a couple of them and hand them out through the holidays this week. Give them away. And if anybody here in this message would like one, contact New Hope Baptist Church here in Alaska, and we'll send you. As many of these as you'd like. Big statement. I've had guys write me from prison asking for a dozen. That's no problem at all. Okay, we're going to start out in John 3.16, what God did for you. It explains that in the book of John. For God so loved the world. John 3.16, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That word whosoever, you could interject your own name in there for God so loved the world you could put your own name in there my first name happens to be Roy for God so loved Roy that he gave his only begotten son you want to put Jesus Christ in there that's who his only begotten son means his singular and only son begotten who that if Roy believeth in him he should not perish but have everlasting life for god sent not his son into the world to, to can, condemn for god sent his sent not his son into the world to condemn roy but that through but that the that roy through him might be saved he that believeth roy believeth on him is not condemned But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ. And we're going to be explained here, eventually we'll hit the verse that talks about how we're to know and believe and trust on his name. First, we're going to go to that's what God did for us. He gave his only begotten son on the cross for us. We have this holiday season coming up very shortly. We have the Thanksgiving season in the fall, primarily to recognize the things that God gave us, to be thankful for all the things that he gave us. And the words I like to hear this this year kind of sticking with me about Thanksgiving is, if God took away everything you didn't thank him for, what would you have left? So I'm trying to make it a point to be thankful for everything I can be, because I like it. I like those things. Sometimes they're an awful blessing, and sometimes they're just awful. But I'm thankful for all of them. Try to be thankful this year and think of those things coming up. And then the next holiday coming up is Christmas. And as Christians, it's a wonderful thing to think of Jesus Christ and how he was given to us. John 3.16 fits that passage right there. He gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but that we, each one of us, will have eternal life. We won't suffer in hell. We won't have all kinds of problems. We'll have life eternal. We'll live forever in Jesus' name. Uh, The next verse we're going to look at is what Jesus did for us. Now, we know what God did for us. He gave us his son. Unfortunately, we as Christians and the unbelievers especially like to leave Jesus as a baby. But you know, he's not not a baby. He died on the cross at 33 years old. I believe that's when he'll come back, when he's 33 years old. When he comes back, he'll be 33 years old. But he will not be a baby. And he will not be a child by nature. He'll be the king of kings and the lord of lords, and he'll rule this nation with a rod of iron. He'll take power from the powerful and be the most powerful person on earth. He'll redeem us and right the wrongs and set us in eternity. What Jesus did, he led the way while he was here on earth. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, John 14.6, that's page 26 of your little pamphlet here, the little portion of Scripture. Go to page 26, and you'll see John 14.6. John 14.6. It's all in here. Everything you need to know, have eternal life. John 14.6. And it says there, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. You can't bypass him. You have to go through Christ. He gave, it said in the verse we looked at, 316, his only begotten Son. For what purpose? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. He didn't say that if you, I gave you my son that you believed uh, so you could believe that somebody loved you enough to give their son. No. He did it. He gave his son so that you would know through his son and be able to have eternal life. You have to put your faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross for your sins. Jesus saith, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You have to go through the truth to have real life, whether it's eternal or life here on earth. This movement we're into now in the secular form of nature where people don't, uh, they want to pick their own gender, they're not happy. The, ha- the rate of suicide amongst those kind of people and amongst the heathen is far, far greater than the normal suicide. I think the ch- with the children, it's something like two-thirds commit suicide or attempt to commit suicide. My dad always says they're going to extinguish themselves one day. But that's not the way. It's not the truth. If you want life here on Earth, this earth, you're going to have to accept Jesus Christ as the way of doing things, and Jesus Christ as the truth to what life's all about. If you want to believe the world was made in 80 billion years, go ahead and believe it. But you're not going to have as full a life as you would if you accepted the truth that it was made in six days, by a divine creator. So, John 14, 6, Jesus did for us. He led the way. And in John chapter 5, well, let's go to John chapter 6, verse 37. This is your part. Read the gospel. If you want to know what God did for you, what Jesus did for you, and what you can have as a result of that, go to page 37, John 6, 37. John chapter 6, verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no ways cast out. There's no requirement. There's no preliminary. Every one of us that call on Jesus' Christ's name, everyone that comes to Christ seeking redemption, seeking the answers, seeking truth, will in no ways be cast out. The most powerful prayer you can say, the most powerful prayer you can make, I, I almost beg to differ with some people. They call it the Lord's Prayer, where you accept Christ as your personal Savior. I think the most powerful prayer you can pray personally is asking God to make himself real to you. Then the next most powerful prayer would be to accept what he's done for you. If I can get an individual to sincerely look at God's word, to sincerely think about God for more than three minutes, you've accomplished something. If they pick up this portion of scripture and actually read it, you've done your part in spreading the gospel. That's what's so important about this. God will make himself real. It says in Romans, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. Amen. So, let's continue to read on. John 36, 37. And I read it. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Him that cometh to me I will in no ways cast out. For I came down from heaven, not to mine own Not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Salvation, service, and sacrifice. All in that verse. Did you catch that, Brother Dill? Jesus Christ didn't come here because he wanted to. He came here as obedient to his father. And as he became obedient to his father, and it's pretty tough. This is the deep theology. Uh, Finney, systematic theology is what you're hearing right now. He came here out of obedience to his father. And when he became obedient to his father, he fell in love with us. He lived here amongst us. His mother went to the wedding feast. His dad died. His brothers and sisters teased and taunted him. But he fell in love with everybody here and thereafter. You don't believe me? Read John chapter 17. Before he was crucified, he prayed for you right here in this pew. He prayed for the person across the street. He prayed for everyone on this island. And he said, not my will, but thine be done. We all have to conform ourselves a little more to God's will in our lives. But it's not contingent on our salvation. It's as a result of our salvation. We serve God out of gratitude, not because we have to. John 6:37, uh, page 37. We read your, uh, we're reading your part and we'll, let us go to John 5:24, page eight 5:24. John chapter 5 verse 24, as part of your part. That's page eight. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on God, on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. One of the things that impresses me about this scripture is none of us are going to be perfect. I've accepted Christ as my Savior and did some of the worst sinning in my life afterwards. And if you think about it, some of us have too. But you know, I'm not going to be condemned. Because when I stand at that judgment seat, there's going to be one there with scars in his hands and say, he believed, he tried. I promised him he would not be condemned. Did you catch that? That's in John. That's in John chapter 5, verse 24. Verily, verily. I say unto you, he that heareth and believeth, hearing the word of God and believing in the word of God, on him, and then I put God in there, who's him, God, that sent me, that's Jesus Christ, hath everlasting life, and three times he gives you a promise from when you accept him as your Savior. He gives you eternal life, you shall not be condemned, and you'll pass from death unto life. You won't lay in the grave, you won't rot, you won't be condemned, you will never see hell to any degree. Not purgatory, not a time of suffering, you won't get ushered into a bosom, you will go straight to heaven and have eternal life. John chapter 20, verse 31, verse 31, that's page 36. Go over to John 20. Things that you have to do on your part. You have to believe, you have to hear, you have to uh, confess. Uh, But these are written that you might believe the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you might have life through what? His name. There is no other name under the sun. You ever go to one of these fancy parties? Uh, Or 50th class reunion? Wasn't a fancy party. Who are you? Who do you know? Who are, why are you here? Oh, you graduated class of 72? Oh. You graduated class of 69? You graduated class of 85? Wow, there's, I can't believe some of you guys are going to be way, way different classes. But by what name are you coming? Well, DC Everest High School. Well, you know, I don't care. You might have graduated, but what class were you with? Whose name are you under? Oh, I—I'm standing at the pearly gates, so to speak. And they're—who are you? They're going to check your name, see where it's written. They're going to give you a new one, either there or, or let you know what your name is. And they're going to go, "Whose name do you come by?" I come by Jesus. I come by Jesus. It's on his name, I believe. I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Not anything I did, but I trust in his name. There it is. It says in his name. That's simple. I'm coming, and I will be allowed to walk through those gates. My invitation will read, Brother Roy Anania, or Roy Anania and then Jesus Christ. That's who's my invite is validated by. John 20, 31, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing ye might have life through his name. You can be saved right now from the word of God by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Let's look at some more verses. John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. That's on page 19. Things that accompany salvation, things that you do after you receive eternal life. John chapter 10, let me get over to John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30, and it says, He answered them, and this is John chapter 10. Verses 27 through 30. He answered them, I have told you already, and you did not know That's this is 10. That was 9. I, I read that before, too, to myself. Okay, verse 10, 30. It's verse 10, 27. 10 to 7, page 19. We got it. And in your in your little portion there, it's underlined. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. First thing to do, serve, follow. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my hand, out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. What a promise! Regardless of how you've lived your life, regardless of how successful you have been in your Christian life or your walk with God, regardless of how successful you've been in your secular life, for lack of a better term, you can't lose your salvation. You need to trust God, take him at his word. Now, I didn't say that. If I had my way and uh, a church I went to one time, oh, you could lose your salvation in a minute. You just had to give so much money and you'd be back in the pool. It's not how it works with God in reality. I can take a long abstinence from my faith. And if I come back with real remorse, repent, change my mind about sin, God will take me back. If I die robbing a bank, he'll keep his word. You're in a contract with God when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. He keeps his side, whether you keep yours or not. I've had a few of those things happen to me well, since in my lifetime where I've had to pay for things I never received. Right now, we're arguing about a blind for the house. Paid $300 for a blind to be shipped and everything else. They want another $37, but they just rolled it into my, our bill and charged our credit card for it. And we caught it and says, hey, where's the blind ad? <laughs> God's not like that. He, you're not contingent on anything except your trust in him and ch- putting your heart and trying to love him to the best of your ability. You know, when I asked my kids to draw me a picture, and I seen some on a pew here today, I told the individual, keep those pictures, because when you get older, you'll cry over those pictures. When you get older, you know, when... Uh, I heard that Julie was in the. Julie was in the hospital and things were going rough. First thing I thought of was a picture she drew for the Sunday school class in my office. I got to get that hung up. You know, we. God loves us. He. It's not a Mozart. It's not a masterpiece, but Mrs. McDonald did that, and it's the best she did. And I think it was just beautiful for the Sunday school kids. And just like everything else, God wants takes what we make and what we do, as long as it's in the right attitude and as long as it's to his glory, he loves us for that. He loves us for it. And so he'll make what we do even better. First thing you need to do is follow Christ. Trust him and you'll never perish. The next thing is hear the gospel. John 524, which we've touched on. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that's page 8, heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and that's in the past tense, and shall not come into, or present tense, I'm sorry, shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Then, the next one is 832. Go to John chapter 8. Verse 32, you should be at 10 and you go back a page here, John eight 32. let's see what that says, John chapter 8, verse 32, it says, let me find it, 6, these pages stick together a little bit, 7, 8, 29, 30, 32. That's page 18, right? Since the world began, was not heard that any man... Nope. Is that 832? No, I'm in 10. Somebody give me a page number. Page 16. You're right. Good. 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You'll know the truth. You trust God. Put your faith in him and his word. And you know the truth. And it'll make you free. So the first thing you need to do is follow Christ. Hear the gospel. Believe the gospel. John 20, 31. And that's page 36. John 20, 31. Getting more towards the back of John. John 20, 31. 19, 20, 31. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. There's that name coming up again. The next thing you hear the gospel, believe the gospel, ask forgiveness for your sins. That's where we broke away from the book of John and went to John 1st John chapter 1 verse 8 and 9. I know it by heart, but I'm going to take a moment to turn to it in my Bible. 1st John was written by the same God used John the beloved apostle to write the book of John and he used him to write 1st John. And 8 and 9 and I will get there. Gotta go from big big pages to little pages. First John chapter one, verse eight and nine. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God knows we're human. God knows each one of us is our limitations and where we stand with him at any moment. But he made provisions for us that if we try to follow the truth and if we trust in his son's name, we'll be saved and we'll have eternal life. Again, he fulfills his side of the contract. Ask forgiveness of your sins. Let's see what else we got. Believe on his name, John 1.12. But as many as received him, to him gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Three times in Scripture, in the book of John, we see we're to put our trust in Jesus Christ. Not in sacrifices, as they were dealing with at that time, but in belief and trust in what Jesus did, is his sacrifice for us. As they said in Sunday school class, his blood was poured out for us. And it wasn't wasted. It wasn't poured out on the ground. It's at the altar right now before God the Father. Three times we get called to Jesus Christ. And in that verse, in John 1, 12, it says, but as many as received him, that's Jesus, to them gave he power. Who gave he power? Jesus gave he power to become the sons of who? God. Even to them that believe on his, Jesus Christ's name. Four times the is represented here. You could argue that the Holy Spirit would be the power of believing. Things we don't see but we can hear. Confess faith in Jesus Christ. John 12 46 through 50. And that's on page 22. Confess faith in Jesus Christ. I am come and light I am come a light unto the world. That's whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. That's John chapter 12 verse 46 through 50. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I come not to judge the world, but to save the world. When is he going to come to judge the world? not as a child. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath not has one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last days. Every man will stand before this book and be judged by this book. Every human being, every man, child, woman. Now if you're too young, and haven't reached the age of accountability, you'll be exempt from that. But once you've come to your accountability to where you can can negotiate your faith and trust in God, then you'll be judged by his word, not by the things you did and not by any other means, but you'll be judged by his word. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me commandment. Did you think Jesus just jumped out of the sky to save you? He was obedient to his heavenly Father's command. He says so right there. He gave me commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. He submitted himself to truth, and truth had its way through him. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said, Unto me, so I speak. Then we're back to John three sixteen, and then we got one more verse, and we'll call it a. Well, yes, we've got one more verse. We got seven points under what you should do or what we can do, an example to us. John three sixteen again, back to where I started out and accepted Christ as my personal Savior. For God so loved the world, and that's on page four again. Go back to page four. There's that name thing again. The last thing we should do to glorify God and what we can do to, uh, uh, as part of our salvation, is love God. John fourteen fifteen. John fourteen fifteen. What page is that? I hear Bibles turning. But what page is what page is John fourteen fifteen on? Well, let's look. Well, this is the last verse. 26. Thank you. 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Truth is, as you grow in love to your Lord, the more responsibility you have to keep his commandments we like to uh, you know children demand candy they don't always get what's good for them and sometimes we find ourselves demanding candy when we haven't grown up in loving the Lord yet let's all stand